Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Mark and Me podcast. Now this episode doesn't need a huge introduction because hopefully you've listened to episode 46 only a few days ago, which was the first part of a two-part special with Matt Stocks from the Life in the Stocks podcast. So I don't really need to give a big introduction about who Matt is and why I've got him on the podcast. Just go back and listen to that because it would be a bit weird now to listen to the second half of a long hour and a half interview. So please go back and listen to that because this is a two-parter. And this is the first time I've done this on the Mark and Me podcast as a two-part special. Anyone that's listened to the first part, you'll probably be now eager to hopefully hear the conclusion to these stories and how Matt's life has turned out. So I'm actually not going to waste any more time and get straight to it. So here's the second part of the interview with me and Matt Stocks from the Life in the Stocks podcast. I definitely think that, you know, and I'm obviously having a Guinness now whilst I'm doing this interview with Mark, and I definitely think alcohol is the most dangerous of all the drugs because it's so socially acceptable yeah and because you can function as an alcoholic um people you know there's like real horrible stigma around things like crystal meth and heroin and they're obviously very evil things and don't ever fuck with either of those things is the obvious advice that i'd give anyone but with alcohol like it can take a hold of you in different ways it's a it's a subtle but powerful um potion and it should be respected. And, you know, I'll, I'll do like a couple of months every year completely dry and alcohol free just so I can prove to myself that I'm not dependent on it because I'm still mindful of my complicated relationship with alcohol. But I do believe that if you can control it and do it semi-responsibly, then, um, you know, you, you should enjoy a drink and not be too hard on yourself. Because I've got friends who I think struggle with it and they're like, I just have to be 100% sober. And if that's what you need to do for you, then I understand that. But don't beat yourself up too much. Like if you're if you're not liking yourself, definitely don't look to alcohol as a you know a way of avoiding the issues that are going on deeper down. I think you've got to get to know yourself and love yourself. And then if you love yourself, have a pint and enjoy you know, it. Enjoy it and give yourself a little bit of a break and a pat on the back for you know working on yourself because that's really all it is, really, isn't it? I think. Life should be a constant quest for self-improvement. Yeah. And I know that things like yoga and meditation and all that is very popular now. But I've always felt a kind of a mindfulness and a self-awareness because of growing up with a mum with manic depression and being around just the devastating effects of what um, mental disorders can do. I've always been self-aware and I've always just tried to be a good, decent person, although I often fail at that. And there's many ex-girlfriends out there, I'm sure, that will say that I failed them. But uh, I just, for me, want to try and be the best person that I can be. And this podcasting experience, not just this one right now, me and you, but all of it is a large part of that for me, is trying to learn from these amazing people that have been through all the highs and lows that life can throw at them. You know, they've stood at the top of the mountain. They've been at the bottom of the gutter. They've learned every lesson life has to teach you along the way. And if I can just soak up a little bit of that wisdom and knowledge myself and the people listening to the conversations can get involved in a bit of that too, then that's why I love it. Like it's just the sharing of positivity, hopefully. But the thing is like you've just described then what you've done and learned from you doing the podcast and interviewing people. So you've had like Gene Simmons, you've had Andrew WK. You've had he, lots of... He's a fascinating philosopher, that guy is. You know, you've had you've had all these guests that have been at the top of the mountain and rock bottom, but 
on this show well, today. Don't let Gene hear you say that. He's never been rock no, bottom. No, never. <laughs> but um, you're here now on this show demonstrating not on the same scale, but you've been rock bottom, dude. And you're, you've also been top of your game, absolutely loving life. And now, which is quite nice, is you're here to tell the story of On The Up. Because we could have been doing an interview today where you're telling me about how you never got out of that uh, mental state of depression after that job and you've never been able to get past it. Yeah. But we're sitting here now and I'm fucking envious of your life and the fact that you... My massive hotel room. But you're interviewing people that I'm... You know, you launched your own podcast with Steve-O and he's one of the coolest guys. Anyone that's ever been on a skateboard or anyone that's a lad with a tattoo will have loved Dirty Sanchez. But let's be honest, they're only there because of Jackass. And Jackass is a part of everyone's childhood. That and Tony Hawk's skateboarding on the PlayStation is what every lad did and a lot of girls. And you launched yourself on such a high benchmark with here's my show i did it with kevin smith i don't know why i did it i went here you go here's episode one and then you think fucking hell how am i gonna you know what yeah. have i done for myself you set up your market stall and you sat there going this is huge but you chose to do it you could have held that episode back and built yourself up and then got a fan base and then gone here's steve-o but you did what i did i think we're very similar i went here's kevin smith now i set myself a bar and i'm gonna have to bloody deliver yeah and it won't always be of that level of notoriety and fame. But the goal with my show since day one is I don't care what you're into. If you are someone who is engaged with life, you'll enjoy the show. Even if you don't know the guest on that particular week's episode, you will get something hopefully positive, informative, entertaining about the conversations that I share. Because I don't put out conversations that I'm not 100% happy with and that I don't 100% believe in. No. Because why bother? And I did one recently with John Spencer from the John Spencer Blues Explosion. Nice. And I love his music and I will continue to love his music for all time. But he as a man on that particular day, would want, I think he would rather be anywhere else but in a room with me talking. And that was evident. And I'm not going to put that episode out. I'm never going to share that because there's just, for me, there's nothing in it that anybody is going to listen to and get something good out of. His music's amazing. Go listen to all his records. I'll always go see him live. But whether he was having an off day or whether he just, I don't know, is that kind of a slightly bitter person, um, that's the way he came across. And I was like, there's no point in me sharing that. But then, although I've just shared the story that he is that way, it's kind of a dick move. No, but it's but <laughs> just it's, trying to create a a good example of only putting out something that you think is worthwhile sharing. But also, you can't expect every guest to be a really good host for a podcast. They're trained. He wants to play guitar and sing. That's his life, his passion. He doesn't really want to hold a microphone and talk about his life. Yeah, and you've got to respect that. I mean, yeah, you I must do. have interviewed other people before that have said. I don't want this going out or this isn't what I want because, okay, most of them you'd hope, like Gene Simmons would must fucking love it. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course he's going to be like that. But you've got, you know, other people on there. I think it was just weird because it's the first time that's happened with the podcast. Yeah. Because now I pick and choose who I interview, whereas before I would get some say, but obviously if you're hosting a radio show and there's a massive new single from 30 Seconds to Mars and you're going to get the opportunity to speak to Jared Leto about 30 Seconds to Mars, which I have no interest in, yeah. you're not going to say no because that's your role as a host of a new music show on a rock station is to play the biggest new tracks. 
Um, whereas with the podcast now, I have complete creative freedom and control. So I'm not inviting anyone on that I don't think is going to be an interesting guest. And I guess I just wasn't aware of his character enough because I was just so excited by the music. Of course. And the fact that he was pretty much the king of the New York underground scene in the 90s. And he's got like Beck and the Beastie Boys in one music video alone. And then he's got Weird Al Yankovic directing another one. And I just thought he would have had loads of great anecdotes from that time and place. But he literally seemed like he just couldn't care less. And maybe he's just been asked about it so much. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, there was certainly just the vibe that he was just like, why, why am I doing this? And in those moments, I just think, well, why did you agree? Yeah. Like, just say no. Like, you know, we were talking earlier. I res- fully respect someone if they turn around to me and just go, I don't do interviews. I don't want to do yeah. an interview. I'd be like, cool, man. But I have a slight problem with people who will accept a press request. And then knowing the full nature of the show as well. Yeah. And then be in the situation and be like, don't want to do this. So just say you don't want to do it and don't do it. Like save, because he made me wait. I'm bitching about John Spencer. He made me wait like two hours as well. Yeah. Um, So we could go comic book shopping. But yeah, but he was a cool guy. And, you know, as I said, his music is amazing. He's just not uh, a good podcast guest. And that's sometimes the problem, isn't it? You have these (laughs) expectations because they always say, like, don't meet your idols and stuff, which I don't believe. I think meet them because most of the time they're fucking awesome and usually better than you expect. Dude, John Lydon is my all-time hero and he gets so much flack from everyone. Oh, it's the butt salesman. Oh, he said this. Oh, he likes Nigel Farage, blah, blah. John Lydon is the reason why people get to walk around the street with pink hair. Yeah. He is the reason that alternative culture is so widely accepted now. He's the reason why reggae music in England was exposed to so many young white kids is because of his championing of that genre and his friendship with Richard Branson and his belief in love and unity. And he he says a lot of stuff that I don't agree with, but I don't think he believes a lot of the stuff that he says. He's just in there stirring the pot, creating controversy because that's what he does and he does it well. And I had the nicest afternoon ever with him and he was such a sweetheart and he gave me a couple of cigarettes and a couple of beers and he signed the Sex Pistols vinyl for me. He made this hilarious video, which I'll show you um, when we stop doing this to tease the podcast episode. And he was just a sweetheart and he... He dropped his persona. I was telling you earlier about Tom Green. Yeah. Had a similar experience with him. You have these people and they they have their persona as their defense mechanism so they don't need to reveal their true self. And often you only get the persona. You know, if it was a five-minute interview with either of them, I would have only got the persona. But because I got a, you know, a longer period of time and because I pride myself on trying to get to the heart of who these people are behind this act. And with both of them, they just, after about 10 minutes, they both felt comfortable enough. They dropped it and became themselves and then you're like that's who you really are that's the guy i care about forget about all the negative stuff in the press that's who you truly are and i love i love being able to share that with, is with is the that world. not the best thing in the world though because this is why i wanted to start podcasting with podcasters because i don't think anyone's doing it everyone's talking to other people and i thought i'm gonna actually get some podcasters on and isn't that the most rewarding feeling in the world where everyone's like, I never expected him to be like that. It's like, because yeah. he's not. Because he's usually got someone from a The Guardian or The Times who has five minutes in a line and they get to say, what's it like being in the brand new you know, Scorsese film? Oh, it's great. Brilliant. Isn't the best feeling in the world when people go, wow, he was a really nice guy. It's like, well, it is, but it's also 
a bit of a, a skill or there's something you need to do to get that guard down. And it's a mental chess yeah, game. I, it is. I look at it like a mental chess game. And when it pays off, it's like when you're on the best date of your life and you can feel that connection happening and there's, you know, an attraction happening. It doesn't always need to be a physical, sexual thing. Sometimes it can be an intellectual, an emotional, a spiritual thing. And I've, I had a moment earlier with you. I just started welling up. I was like, I've got to fight back these tears. Like, I can't go crying on a podcast. But I believe that there are magical moments within these conversations that we have. And you've undoubtedly had them with, Many with some of your favorite guests as well, where the world almost slows down and you're like, yeah. you're locked eye contact and you're like, this is it. Yeah. This is like when a musician must come up with that one riff. This is how it feels to like be in the pocket of yeah. something magic, you know? Mate, but the worst part is, is sometimes it's not even captured because it's in the moment. So I, the first example I can think of is Mads Mikkelsen, one of my favorite actors in the entire world. I think he did the Hannibal character so much justice. Sometimes I look at him now as Hannibal over Hopkins, which is mad. But it's mad that you've interviewed two of the... Is there three in total? I've got one more to get. Who's the third? I forgot his name, but once I got him, that'll be like... It's like, <laughs> you know, Chet, it's like a set. bingo. Um, and I think we're just drinking coffee or and he was dr- having a cigarette... And we're just sitting there talking like mates and we're just laughing about stuff and we're talking about films and he was telling me about how he wanted to do like a remake of a Bruce Lee film and he'd love to be in a Kung Fu film. And we're just chatting. I was thinking, I wish I'd record this, but it was so special that it was actually good that it was just for me and him. Now it's for everyone else listening to this, but it was something really special about that was just for me and him. It didn't need to be for the world. It was just me and him talking about Kung Fu films for 20 minutes with coffee and no one else in the world. And that's one of my favorite actors in the world. It's that, mental. That's also more real as well because they're not acting up for the microphone no. or the camera. And he actually wants to talk to you about these yeah. passions that he has. I think I got allocated 15 minutes and we were there for an hour and a half, two hours. And it just shows. I love it when that happens. It's amazing. Yeah, that, that is the, the best in the moment feedback you can ever get from your, you know, your craft or your yeah. trade. It would be like if you're invited to, well, not invited to, but you're asked to say fix someone's car and then they come back with another thing that needs fixing. You know, it's like that ultimate yeah. compliment, isn't it? It's forget about the clock. Yeah. This is you and me and this isn't work now. So let's just hang out. It's awesome, isn't it? It's so good, dude. There's, but there's been real moments in quite a few where I've just kind of, I don't know, felt like you can almost see the mask being taken off and removed in front of your eyes. And when somebody feels comfortable enough and they trust you enough to reveal their true self... Because they don't have to. No, and the hard part about Mark and me is most of my guests are based in America, so I'm doing it over Skype or I'm doing it over FaceTime. Yeah. And you can't get it. You can't. Yeah. You can try, and I still do. And I interview people like John Hedder from Napoleon Dynamite, and in the end he was telling me about his kids, his wife, and we're just talking like mates. But when you get to do that opportunity of face-to-face and you watch them be that character like you said you know this is who it is andrew wk he's andrew wk he's, he's going to be a bit like oh my god he's going to smash the room up and all this but when you actually realize he's just like you and he's enjoying his job and then you get to see that that guard come down it's great and then you're like fuck this is literally i've interviewed two people today i had my five minutes at the start which every other press person gets but now i'm getting to this actual part that no one else is going to get to and then you've just got to ride with it and enjoy it. Because I think at that point, it never feels like work. I don't even, like I said, I see people take notes at con- Comic-Cons and stuff. I don't take notes. And they're always looking at me as like, what, what are you trying to blag? But it's, if it's that good, you don't need to prep your next question. Like me and you now have talked for an hour and a half, I think. And have I, we done an hour know, and a half? Yeah, wow. an hour and a half. And I've got four, four literally bullet points that we probably covered, I don't know. But it doesn't matter. And that's the best part. That's when you know it's good. 
yeah if there's no awkward pauses that's the other one yeah although sometimes an awkward pause can have a very profound effect um like just that slight gap before then taking the conversation in a yeah totally different direction can sometimes be an interesting thing i would say uh if anybody on the world wide web right now listening to this has not heard the blind boy podcast there's an episode where he interviews spike lee wow and it is a masterclass in interview technique and i won't even spoil it by saying what happens or how the conversation evolves but if you're interested in what me and mark are talking about with conversations and the way they can kind of go anywhere and the way it's a certain responsibility of the host to sort of direct and lead but then it's also about just riding that wave and exploring and not being afraid to go with it it is just one of the best conversations between a host and a guest that you'll ever hear in your life it's a masterclass in interviewing and by the end spike lee is eating out of the palm of his hand and you can hear that he's just loving hanging out with this guy and the host almost becomes like the rock star yeah, the yeah. guest that's the dream yeah that's I'll, I'll check that out and i'll tweet it out as well because obviously that sounds that's i, I love the guy anyway so he's incredible he's so captivating he's got a great accent and he's just got a, a brilliant way with words and he's obviously hyper intelligent but i'd never heard him interview before and yeah some, sometimes you can be very good at one style of presenting i.e going on long monologues and you know being creative and doing what he does and so i wasn't aware that he also had that you know bow to his string as well that he could or is that the right phrase bow to a string i don't it sounds right it sounds good if it isn't we'll start string to, it. no string, string to, to the, the bow. bow that makes there sense go. Yeah. that makes a lot more sense um and then i heard him do that and i was just like wow this guy's got it all he's got it all so now that you've got your own podcast you've got some great names obviously we talked about this before we started recording today how the public's um expectation is why have you not got anthony hopkins every week it's like well it's not that easy. You know, if I was working for a big station, you're now doing it without that big station back and you can't go, hi, I'm from Krang, you're, hi, I'm myself. Do you find it more challenging or I suppose the payoff must be more rewarding, but what's the kind of biggest lesson that you've learned without that big corporate backing now? Because it's you on your own, dude. Yeah, and it's been a real battle. And especially initially, what I noticed was that certain PR companies and publicists and radio pluggers uh, and managers, um, industry people that I have known and worked with for many years, certain have been a lot more helpful than others. And again, that's when you really know who your friends are. There's a guy I want to shout out called Tony Cook, who runs a promotion company called Scream. Um, They used to do Reading, the Brits, loads of massive stuff. I think they've stepped the operation down a bit in more recent times because they, uh, him and his partner Claire have got families and they're trying to just basically make more time for themselves. Um, but they are just without a doubt some of the loveliest and coolest people. And he was like, do you want a bit of time with John Lydon for your podcast? Because John Lydon's episode 10. And he's, yeah. he's my all-time dream guest over the Mickey Rourke, like John Lydon, Mickey Rourke and Iggy Pop. My top three all-time dream guests. And I had one of them on episode 10 and that's thanks to tony it's because he knew like he knew that i love the sex pistols and he was like i reckon i can get you a bit of time with john lydon i'm doing the pr campaign for his new book and everybody else who spoke to john was obviously like six music blah 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 he was on like this morning with Piers morgan and then me and that's because tony really fought my corner and said this guy's shit hot and his audience is very different to all these other stations and you'll get a great interview with him and sure enough 
you know, John loved it and smashed it. But so there's been a few people, real champions, that have been incredibly helpful and supportive. There's been a few that have been less than I would have liked and would have thought. Um, but I feel like particularly with the rock industry, uh, there's a lot of old school operators and they don't really understand the worth of podcasts at this point because they're stuck in no Kerrang magazine, Kerrang radio, Whereas, you know, I know the figures that Kerrang Radio do and what Kerrang Magazine do and what Rock Sound. I know these figures because I know people who work in and around, you know, these companies. So it's interesting to me that someone would go, because you're not a big corporation or brand name, I'm not going to give you access to this person. But then they'll go and speak to, you know, this apparently world-renowned brand that actually is having less readers or listeners than me. Um, but what I have found is the payoff when you do get someone like Gene Simmons or John Lydon, that's when the rest of the industry starts going, oh, what the fuck's going on here? Like, how did you manage that? And then they start coming to you. Yeah. And I've noticed that is the more big name guests you get on, uh, the more people then start taking note of what you do in the industry, not listeners, but you know, industry people. And then they start going, oh, I've got a bit of time with such and such if you're interested. And also I think without being arrogant, and I'm sorry if I do sound arrogant, um, I'm good at what I do. I've been doing it a long time. I take pride in my work. And hopefully most of the people who know me know that they're going to put me in a room with the biggest name in music or film or whatever. And I'm going to hold my own. And I'm actually going to get the best out of this person. Apart from John Spencer. <laughs> yeah, you fucked up there. <laughs> yeah, I fucked up there. And so, yeah, it's definitely harder not having the backing of a company. Uh, but it is more rewarding once you get it. And the more you get, then the easier it gets. So you've just got to slog it out. I think as well, the way people have praised my own work, and I'm sure your own, is the fact that you do your research. It's not hard, is it? It's not rocket it's, science. It's not rocket science. And people... Um, Pe- I've, guests I've, are amazed sometimes. Yeah. You were saying to me with Jamie Lemon. Yeah. He was like, well, you've done your research. And we are like, no, I'm just interested in this yeah. subject, which is you. I've listened to your <laughs> albums for 10 years. Yeah. So to know that you're in a band called Ruben wasn't a challenge because I bought every T-shirt and album you ever did. Yeah. But it's not always that fortunate you get to interview the people that are your heroes or idols. But just I've been to conventions and events and press junkets where they're getting stuff wrong. You know, they're literally like, what was it like working in that Marvel film? And they're literally like, I wasn't in that. Oh and you God. think, for fuck's sake, like, can you just read one Wikipedia page or IMDb and just write down three or four of the films they've been in and that's all you need to do? And, you know... That's so disrespectful. It's it's, it's not and hard. You can, you can only imagine how angry you would be if you're jet-lagged and you're, you know, press-tired you've been doing interviews all day and you get some schmuck who can't even be bothered to find out what film you're in. Yeah. Like, that's the greatest insult, yeah. I think. Like, and then try and blag it. <laughs> it's like, you can't blag it and the best reward is when they turn around and say, I enjoyed that because you're not just going on... Oh, it's a really, it's Tell a real me about the writing one, of this album. Yeah, you know, it's... Like, it's how I many... mean, there are obvious questions that you need to ask because that's what people want to know. But um, there's certain questions that I hear being asked sometimes and I'm just like... Why, when you've got this person in front yeah. of you, would you ask them that? Yeah. Out of everything. Yeah. Really, that's as good as you can come up with. I'm like, fuck it now. It's, it's Anthony <laughs> Hopkins. Did I really need to ask him what it was like to be Hannibal Lecter? How many people know that? So yeah. I talked about his art and his piano because I he, I don't he know loved, about right? that. He absolutely loved it. Yeah. Once I started talking about his artwork, I couldn't shut him up. How many times has he said, yes, I enjoy going... <laughs> of course he's done that, do you know what I mean? But you talk to him about his piano or his artwork and what he does with his wife. And he's got his own gallery. 
Jesus Christ, you can't stop him because it's something that means passion to him now and it's what interests him. If I got time now with David Jason, I would not talk about Dale Boy for the whole interview. He's looking really old, isn't he? But I yeah. guess he is really old now. You know, if I, got, if I literally got Mark Hamill, I would try and avoid Star Wars. Yeah. The guy's done a lot more, you yeah. know? Do you really think he well, wants to talk about that's where the real story Luke? is yeah. as well, isn't it? That's where the real story is. Like, that's exactly it. And I love that approach too, is going for the less obvious subject. Yeah. And they love it because they don't get a chance to talk about it. So you see a complete... That's when you see another layer of the guard drop down. And that's like, right, now we're really getting good into this. Because then you can't st- stop them talking. I guess the word is realness, isn't it? It's yeah. about you being real as a host and being really interested in them and then you get the real them. Yeah. And if you just try and, as the kids say, keep it real, um, then you're going to get the best stuff. You're going to have the best experience. You're going to live the best life. Just be real. Be true to yourself. Be true to the task that you're working on, whatever that is, You know, whether it's tennis or cooking or yeah. just try and enjoy it as truthfully as possible. Truth such a... An underrated concept in today's world, I think. Like, people are so caught up with fear-mongering and, like, judging and being scathing and trying to, like, make themselves out to be superior to other people. And I feel like the internet is responsible for a lot of that kind of behavior. And I see a lot of people really afraid to be them true, their true selves online. Yeah. And so whenever I see someone who is... Like, do you follow Josh Brolin on Instagram? Yes. He is one of my favorite people in the world to follow online because he is so open yeah. and real about real stuff, like day-to-day, mundane yeah. reality. And it is so inspiring and yeah. refreshing. You don't see the perfect shot with like uh, filters and him and his wife literally uh, photoshopped. and also It's literally him lying in bed, looking like shit. Laughing saying, his ass off with yeah, his pregnant like, wife like, next to him, like, like singing. Taking and... the piss. And like Ryan Reynolds is the same. They're yeah. literally real people that you think... Okay, that's what they really like. They're not like the Kardashians or the Beckhams where it's all glorious and life's painted in this great manner that probably makes a lot of people depressed because they don't have that but life. Of course, because you're living your life by yeah. comparison, aren't yeah. you? And you're and going, you're well, my life's nothing like that, and so therefore I'm unhappy. Yeah. So I love that uh, there needs to be more Josh Brolins because there's far too many of the... And he could be, because I'm sure he got some serious bank over the last couple of years for the films that he's been involved with. Yeah. You know? And he could be a total Hollywood schmuck, could Yeah. He? And he is the polar opposite. Like that is an example of how to conduct yourself whilst enjoying the world's biggest success. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He is so humble and real and you can lose yourself. I've obviously never experienced anything like that, but I've come into contact with a lot of people who have, you know, been about as famous as a human can be and it can damage certain brains and it can damage certain minds and personalities. But then you see how people can actually own that situation and be inspiring and keep it real and you're like fuck that's how i want to behave relatively to where i'm at so do you find it frustrating watching stuff like graham norton and jonathan ross when the guests are on and they're literally robotic do you just think that's just a waste of 10 minutes because you just you just want them to just open up we talked about ryan gosling you know are you frustrated that you just want to go why do we need this guest on this show for millions of people and we're not really getting anything. All we're getting is the book title and why they wrote the book. I want to know why they grew up and how they grew up and what their parents were like. And that's why they're like they are now and how it means to them to be this famous. That's what sucks. I actually rarely ever watch television, ever. But I really admire and respect both Graham Norton and Jonathan Ross. Yeah. I think they are two of the best chat show hosts 
in the world um and especially graham norton and he obviously has an insane team of researchers working on the show because he will do something which is really interesting that i've not seen any other chat shows do he'll link themes between guests so he'll come up with a so he'll go mark you're afraid of spiders and you'll be like well how the hell did you know that and he's like and this person you've got a spider story too don't you yeah and, and i find him to be he also just gets the best out of his guests there has been a couple of times when i have seen as you say that kind of like robotic it's more the guest it's not it's, it's not the interviewer yeah, it's, always it's, it's it's the guest the i'm guest. frustrated but i've seen him crack even the most you know sturdy and detached yeah. of robots i i think graham norton is a fucking genius at what he does jonathan ross isn't so much of a good interviewer because i think he kind of keeps it fairly light and trivial but i do think as a host he makes people feel very relaxed and at ease yeah. and um then they open up just because of the way he is and yeah i, I rate both of those two very highly at what they do um i mean that would that would be my dream job yeah. is a tv chat show host that would be my dream gig but you get to have a taste of it by doing these q a's with decent names you know you're going on the road doing these q a's you talked about doing it with Dirty Sanchez, but it's not just that, is it? You've you've, you've sat there with people like um, Bears and people like that. You know that must be fucking Sean Ryder. Awesome, you know, yeah, I did a, a live Q and A in Manchester with Sean. I mean, talk about being prepared for that. You you, you don't know what that guy's going to come out with. You can't prepare for an interview with Sean Ryder. No. You have to keep it real. I think the only reason he likes me is because my dad's from Manchester. Yeah, um, that's a big thing for him. And he very kindly actually wrote in, well, not wrote, he said in an interview in Shortlist magazine that my podcast was his favorite podcast. Now, I have no doubt in my mind that's probably just because he doesn't really know what podcasts are and doesn't really listen to them um, and has probably only done one, mine, and so that's all he could come up with. But the fact that he name-checked me in an interview in Shortlist, which obviously then got distributed all around London, was a cool thing to do. And he asked me to do the Black Grape album launch, Q&A, Rough Trade, and then we did, yeah, one recently in Manchester at the Ritz as well. So he's been good to me, old Sean Ryder has. And again, that's a reflection of your work, isn't it? Yeah. Because he's like, and he's someone who doesn't suffer fools at all. No. And if he thinks you're a fucking dickhead, he's going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he's been cool. And I, I'd like to think that's because he, on some level, likes me. <laughs> you hope so. You hope so. Yeah, I mean, you never really know. But the fact Sean. is that he's name checked you, and he came back for more is a good indication that he is a fan. Yeah, and you didn't fuck up. Yeah, which is the best compliment. I mean, I want to end today with kind of your advice, really, and your. You know, I ask every guest that I speak to. There are people out there that listen to this that want to start a podcast, and the best advice I ever give is: it's not easy. No, it's absolutely anyone that thinks not. you grab a microphone, record, and then you just put it out there. Trust me, it isn't that easy. Otherwise, everyone would do it. And don't get me wrong; at the moment, it seems like everyone in the world's got a podcast, and I think they'll only become more. Yeah, um, the everyday. I think as technology in the world changes, it's mad that it is so big because long form conversations should not be such a popular form of entertainment in a world where people are so disconnected and all they want is bite-sized information and then it's here today gone tomorrow but then i think in that increased climate of throwaway content and i i hate the word content yeah if you call what you do content then you're not an artist and you're not in in my opinion you're probably not very talented or good at what you do content is like 
an Instagrammer who takes selfies of themselves yeah. and thinks they're a model. Like also people refer to Instagram posts as content. Yeah. It's not content, it's just a picture. Yeah. Like, that is just a picture with some words. Um so I guess the reason why podcasts are as popular as they are is because they're one of the last long form, like unedited, you can just put it on and get lost in it and actually not be on your phone and looking at all this stuff and you can just sort of close your I listen to them in bed, that's when I listen to yeah. mine. And I just sit there, block out everything else in the world, close my eyes and listen to two people just go at it. And it's the most rewarding thing at the end of like a long day. As we're sat here now, this will be officially the longest episode of Mark. I mean, you've beat Jamie Lemon by nine minutes at this point. Yes, take that, well Lemon. Done. Um, I so, really, yeah, I really like I totally you... interrupted you. You were going to ask some advice. No, no, no. It's, it's also, you led on to then saying that it's dead now, the world of a long conversation. And when I put Jamie's episode out there, because most of my episodes are with people that only want to give you 10, 15 minutes. And if you get half an hour, you're like, yes. Yeah. Throw in your intro, outro, a bit of music. You've got 45 minutes. That's a, that's an achievement for me. That's like, I've done well. I'm not going to lie to you. Sticking out an episode at an hour and 40, an hour and 50, it's a little bit risky. because With think, an unknown is, name like is, me is as well. Is someone going to go, fuck that. I can't last listen to that. Do you know what you need to do, mate? Two parts. This might be a two-parter. <laughs> Joking aside, I'm thinking two-parter. If I go over 90 minutes, I always split them yeah. in two. Well, we'll we'll make this the first ever two-parter then. There <laughs> you go. For fuck's sake, two of them. But also, Who is this guy? But also the fact is... I got a lot of people tweeting and Facebooking me saying the longer the better. Yeah. Um, and I think it's sad that you're praising Graham Norton for so much and it's great, but he's only got his guest for five minutes because then yeah. he has to move on to Emma Stone or Ryan Gosling who's got to talk about their film. There aren't many things out there now where you actually get, unless you read an autobiography or you... You Certainly get, not in television. There's not in television, dude. No. Like, and I think there's a gap. And I think people want... I mean, Piers Morgan does about half an hour, 45 minutes, but I can't stand him. So I oh, can't sit there and... scum. He does my head in. So I can't... Even if he's got the best guest that I've ever wanted... If he got Spielberg on, I couldn't well, he watch did a, it. He did a Mickey Rourke yeah, one. I couldn't watch it. Because I'd be like, you're just trying to get yourself in this. I just couldn't do it. But it's sad that there's this big gap. And, you know, it, it's it's... It's the YouTube generation. It's the quick Twitter. People won't watch a two-minute film trailer now because it's a bit too long. That is insane to You me. know, and that's trying to sell you an hour-and-a-half film. You don't get these four-hour epic films. Everything's short, snappy. And I think to myself, you, you said today on today's interview, people have asked you why you haven't put it on YouTube. That's all I ever get. The question I get more than ever, why don't you film these interviews? Why didn't you get... No one would sit there for an hour-and-a-half because it needs to be on the go. People that listen to this right now will be on a bus. They'll be in their car. They'll be on a train. No one's going to be sat down at home in front of their laptop for an hour and 45 minutes watching me and you talk. Yeah. And it's a shame. But that's well, the. But do you that, reckon Joe Rogan gets a lot of hits from the videos? Because no, I bet it's nowhere near what he gets for audio yeah. downloads. Because it's just handy, isn't it? It's yeah. the, I want to listen to these people. Like you just said, in bed, lying there in your ears. That's all you want. And... You know, I, I think also it's... two people sat in a chair, or in my case, a bed. Yeah, that's not a very captivating visual, is it? <laughs> this this wouldn't look great. <laughs> we both look quite tired. I'm in a chair. I'm not in the bed. I'm on a chair. But yeah, we're not in bed the, together. Yeah, that's later. But you know, the, the fact is, that's that's a sad factor that people now won't give that time because the people that are still listening right now have got your life. For free. For what it's worth. Yeah. Which ain't a lot. And you might go, oh, you're not a big guy. But the fact is, this story means more to me in this content. How do you like that? There you go. That's just to piss you off. But (laughs) this interview and this material 
is worth more than hearing the biggest name in Hollywood talk about his new film because this is real. And that's what the word I think that's taken from... If this was an episode of Sesame Street, it would be today's word is real. The word for today is, is real. It is though, isn't it? Yeah. This is real. Oh, thank you, dude. Um, and that's what you want. It's a, a great pleasure yeah. to be asked to be on. And I do hope that there are still people two hours in or the second hour of part two. Yeah. Uh, I hope there are still people listening. And if you are, I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have, please go listen to my podcast because it's not anything like as much of me in that one. So <laughs> come on, plug, plug more. So plug tell, more. tell them about where they can listen, what you do on your podcast. It's very similar to Mark and me. You just got different guests. Yeah, I'd say exactly from from this experience. Yeah, exactly the same. Yeah. Um, it is in depth, candid conversations with musicians, actors, comedians, photographers, artists, industry figures, basically people that I believe to have had an interesting career in terms of the work they've put out, but also a storied life. And I like to try and have a nice mix of both professional and personal conversations and i want to find out as much about them as humans as much as them as you know a guitarist or yeah. whatever it is they do um some of my favorite episodes tom green was definitely way up there john lydon gene simmons the few we've mentioned um there's a few deep cuts if you feel like going off piste and checking out a couple of names that you haven't heard but the conversations themselves like life-changing for me um to have done them and then even just listening to them back, even though it's me doing it. Do you ever get that when you're listening back to an interview because the guest is so engaging, you forget that you're actually in the interview yep. yourself doing it and you're listening like a listener. Yeah. Mina Caputo from the band Life of Agony is definitely one I can recommend checking out. Uh, also a guy called Joe Cardamone. Uh, both of those have a lot of death and um, struggles and then also triumph in the face of adversity. I love a good redemption story because I feel like that's kind of been my life. So I'm really interested in anybody that's, you know, done what I've done on a much higher scale of achieved all the fame and wealth and success in the world and then lost it all and just been through the worst time of their life, but then somehow fought back and made it out the other side and actually now like the happiest they've ever been and in a really fruitful and like loving and positive second chapter of their life and their career so that'd be a few that i would suggest off the top of my head doug stanhope was also a lot of fun if you like a bit of controversy we discussed political correctness and free speech and all of that in that one i had a sex therapist on uh, which was great to talk to her about me too and sexism and you know rape and sexual harassment in the media and entertainment industries and she is one of the most smart and switched on and engaging talkers I've ever had the, the pleasure of chatting to for the show. So Dr. Amy Harwick is that one. But yeah, that's, that's enough. The one I listened to when uh, I was doing my research and obviously uh, when I first started talking to you, about a year ago I think it was. Yeah, it was, um, it was a while back, wasn't it? Gail Porter. Yes, our Gail's was... And that's, uh, yeah. it pulled my heartstrings, dude. I was sat there going, oh, Jesus, hay fever's bad, you know, like... You don't get many guests that let their guard down and let the other guard down and then that final guard down and you got them all down. And well, She got mine down too. She was, kind of yeah, did a reverse switcheroo on me. Yeah, that one was a beautiful, beautiful conversation. Um, and Gail is somebody I, I think everybody could listen to and learn from because she's just had so much crap in her life. But yeah, as you said to me earlier, it's always with a smile. Yeah. Strong, bubbly um and she's a she's a force of nature what i thought from when i listened to that is anything that i've always thought was a big issue or stressed over is worth shit when you compare it to what she's gone through and is still standing and it makes you reevaluate actually 
my ba- my bads aren't that bad at all. And, Perspective you know, is everything, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. And it's always uh, good to get out of your own head and compare your struggles to you know those of other people because then you actually go, well, life ain't so bad. Yeah. It could be a lot worse. And I think that's always a really important lesson to learn is just to take yourself out of here, which is why podcasts are great. Yeah. You know, for me, it's the ultimate form of escapism, uh, more so than any Marvel film now. Yes. You know, I've, I've seen every storyline they're going to show, but I love the thought of just putting in the headphones, hitting play, closing my eyes and just going, I don't know where this is going to go. Yeah. But I know it's going to be good. And the best part is when you get to be the director of it and sit there and basically steer how it's going to go because you can't fucking steer it. I came here today never thinking that we'd be talking about how bad it got for you that you nearly, you know, died and you had tears in your eyes. You don't expect that. I only met you today for the first time. And look yeah. at it now. I feel like I fucking know you all my life. That's a weird thing, isn't it? It's, and you've, you've created something now that's here forever that's special. It's the one struggle I have, actually, is that is um, you feel like you've connected with someone. And you do, really. Yeah. But then you always know whether you're going to see that person again and it'll be the same or whether it'll just be like, oh, you're a stranger, I don't remember you. because there, And that's a really hard realisation to come to terms with because you're like, what? No, me and Gene Simmons are best mates now. Yeah. And Gene, I do always see and he does always recognise me, but there's other people, like say the Tom Morello one. Yeah. Um, it was a great interview. That'll be going up in a couple of weeks or might already be out might there be out by the now, time you yeah. put this up. Um, but I know if I ever saw him again, he wouldn't remember me. Yeah. And that's, but I learned that very early on. You have to, I mean, I'm not saying that after this, I'm never going to see you again. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, like, Mark. Yeah. Take we we ain't friends. Yeah, um, fuck you, no, Mark. we definitely are. And I think you always know when you're going to be friends for life with someone yeah. that you've just chatted to. And that feeling is, is very special. And I felt like that with Gail. Definitely. I was like, you're a badass. Yeah. And she is. What a sweetheart. And that is the great joy, I think, of... Uh, it's of mad, podcasting. isn't it, in two hours how intimate you can be. And not in a weird way, as in you're sharing something that you've told half the people you've known all your life. You've shared with me, and then it's that book closed. And we'll know we'll reopen this. I'm sure you'll come back on, and we'll do other stuff, and I'm sure our paths will cross. But it's it's a weird feeling. You've, you've had, like, a counselling session. You've poured your heart out, and then you've gone, see ya. I've opened up about that period after Kerrang! with you now more than anybody in my life ever. Um, and I've talked about it a bit on a public platform before. There was a podcast I did with my friend Ryan Hamilton, um, but I didn't get anywhere near as honest as I did then. And actually, a lot of my friends don't really know the full extent of some of that because, as I said, it was that shame yeah. and that guilt that I carried for so long. But now it's five years this year. It'll be five years this December since it. And... I'm really at peace with it now. Like my back still hurts. That's, that's, yeah. that's still a problem that I suffer with every day. It's like a constant reminder. But it's almost a positive reminder in a way because it's like, oh, my back hurts. But then I remember why it hurts and everything that's happened to me. And it's almost like a very helpful trigger um, whenever I'm feeling low or yeah. down to be like, well, it could be a lot worse. And actually today is you know, a day where I get to walk and breathe. So it can't be all that bad. Um, and yeah, thank you for being a great host and a great interviewer and making me feel relaxed enough to open up in that way it's because while i put in your drink at the start oh, was it? that's why i do it that's why i get you so relaxed <laughs> but no um it's a pleasure to have you on and i i'll say it now and i, I always stick to what i say i want you back on i'd love to and, come back uh, on i feel like now we've done me we can do everything yeah, else yeah. But I, I like the fact that we've kind of uh we've done nearly two hours right and by the time i've done an intro and outro it will be a two-parter but it just feels like we've just scraped the surface I like that and, feeling too, and right? I feel like, do you know what? I think we could have done a five-hour special today. Do you yeah. ever have guests on your movie one? No. 
No. No. That's why Mark and Me came about. Right, Because right. I was getting guests. We got um, Gillian Anderson from X-Files. And it was she like, beautiful in real life? Very. Yeah. Um, and the fact is, it didn't work with the content because our show's ourself and we're our presenters and we're our hosts and we've got a format that works. You throw another guest in, it just seems a bit alien. Like, why is this person suddenly talking about this? Yeah, it throws so it all out of sync, it, it doesn't it? It doesn't work. And that's why I thought, well, I'll do it on my own and see how I get on. A year and a half later, 44 episodes down. And who's been your number one so far favourite? Oh, God, that's hard. I mean, when I first got Kevin Smith to start, it was such a, uh, like, a wow, because yeah, it's I've Kevin peaked. Smith. Like, how, how am I going to top this? Like you said, with uh, Sex Pistols, episode, what was it? Ten. Ten. Yeah, yeah. You know, you think, how am I going to top it? But today's special, man. It's it's real. Today's the most real. And when I put this out, I want more people to listen to it, because it, and this is full respect to you, after Anthony Hopkins, you go, and now I've got Matt, who's a podcaster. Not many people will take note, but... They're, they're the episodes that mean a lot and I've had people on that are up and comers so you know that they're, they're not the biggest names in the business but they could be one day and if they're not the stories they've shared with me are that intimate but I, I think overall when I look back at my favourite is Jamie Lemon Jamie yeah because he's my favourite songwriter I look at him as like a modern day John Lennon I think he's writing music that no one else is doing and to invite me into his house and sit down and actually be with my favourite songwriter from one of my favourite bands I had to mentally overcome that just to relax and talk to him as normal. And that's a fucking challenge because I've never been starstruck, but at that point I was like, fuck. Like, I guess it's not so much starstruck here. as like a uh, fan struck. No, right? yeah. Because you're like, your, your work's changed my life yeah. so much. Yeah, like I've bought everything you've ever made and trusted in you and every breakup I've been through, I've listened to one of your songs that helped me heal and now I'm talking to you about fucking Doctor Who. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's surreal. I think that's actually how we got on each other's radars is I think maybe Jamie was on my show because I remember talking to you about Jamie. Yeah. Um, maybe he'd shared the episode and you'd seen it and then you'd followed me and then I'd followed Something you. Something like that, yeah. I think, it was, I think that was exactly it because you were like, oh, I love that dude. So when I saw that you'd done him, I was like, epic. Yeah. It was uh, It was one of those moments I was like, that's going to, that's literally like, you said you've got a list of names. He was one of my top names. And yeah. I ticked it off. I was like, wicked. And for him to be, as you say. Yeah. Amazing on imagine, every level. Imagine he had been... You know, John Spencer, I'd have been gutted. Yeah. Absolutely fucked well, I wasn't even gutted with John. I was just like, just why Why would you say yes to doing it? Yeah. You know, because I'd never built him up to be anything other than just a cool garage blues musician. Yeah. And he's still that. Yeah. I can't believe we talked so much about John Spencer. He's had this whole episode. <laughs> he, I've talked more about him than any other guest that I've had on, and his episode will never see the light of day. No. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. One day you can share it with me, though, and I'll have a listen. I'll send it to you. Yeah. To, uh, like, if you um, just listen to any other episode I've done and then listen to that next to each other, you're like, What the fuck? This isn't. Because I'd just done Buzz from the Melvins right before him as well, and that was incredible. So I'd gone from Buzz's room next door into his room, and I was like, This is going to be wicked. And I was like, Ah. Oh. And it was meant to be an hour, and I, I literally called it after 20 minutes. That's I was just like, bad, isn't it? Yeah. When you've got an hour, yeah. but you're like, I've got enough here, to yeah. be honest. You don't want to be here. Anyway, enough respect to John. He's still a wicked musician. Well, I'm glad you're here to tell the stories today. It could have been very different. Uh, I'm appreciative of how honest you've been. Um, and I'm really excited for your future because I think you're definitely on the up. Every time I see your new episode, it's another name. I'm like, wow. And I like the variety. Some people just go on, oh, we've got Madonna, we've got Kanye West, we've got Kim Kardashian. Yeah, you're going to get fucking big numbers, but it's going to be fucking shit. And that is going to be content. So yeah. it's nice to see that you're doing such a variety. And I think we've got a lot in common. You know, yeah, we've, I, we've, think, I think everything we spoke about, our ethos to work, our philosophy to life, yeah. um, is very similar. It's and frightening. 
yeah, it's been really enjoyable, man. So it's like a kindred uh, spirit. Moment. So hopefully our uh, our paths will cross many times. I think they will. I hope so. And this will be the start of something beautiful. Shake my hand, Mark. Nice one, dude. It's probably sweaty because it's hot as hell very, in this room, isn't it? It is. It's very hot. And we're going to go And because I've been in the hot seat. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you, dude. And all the listeners out there, I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. So there it is. There's the interview with me and Matt Stocks. And as I warned you at the start of episode 46, it did get quite emotional. Um, being in that room for the first time I've met him and seeing how emotional it got and how deep it got and seeing how far he let his guard down. I have so much respect for Matt, uh, one of the best guests I've ever had. Um, it was very intimate, you know, It's it, he was sharing stories there that he hasn't even shared with his own family, and now he's sharing it with you guys as the public and the listener. So I just, I have this huge, huge amount of time for Matt. Um, he's someone now that I class as a very close friend, and someone that I'm hopefully going to do a lot more work with moving forward. I think the way he talks so honestly is just... It takes a lot of respect and a lot of... I, I, I just... I'm blown away. Um, it's a very different episode for me. Normally I'm talking to musicians in bands. I'm talking to people in film industry that are trying to plug something or they've got something new coming out. And this was just more about real life and just stories and how to kind of turn those negatives into positives. And it's amazing to hear it. And I hope you've enjoyed it as much as me. Please check out his podcast... It's absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I try and listen to as much of it as I can. Uh, when I'm commuting to work now, I try and listen to as many podcasts as I can. And Life in the Stocks is definitely one that I believe you should all invest in. He's got such a range of guests. He's a lot like Mark and me. There's people from film, TV, sportsmen. There's, there's everyone you could name. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm very grateful for Matt giving me his time on today's episode. It's been a bit crazy lately. Um, I didn't have any guests for a while. And I'm starting to think, oh God, I've got to try and get a new episode out soon and then suddenly my inbox was full everyone that I wanted to try and get on were available um, and it's it's been a bit insane but I've got a lot of episodes now ready to release so you might be getting I don't know three or four episodes a month now instead of just your average two and I'm really looking forward to sharing what I've got because there's the biggest mix of guests you could ever imagine um, and I'm really really proud of the stuff that's getting recorded at the moment and I, I really appreciate you all taking the time to listen I know how busy life is and everything gets in the way and coming up to Christmas it gets even more and more insane but I'm so grateful for you all listening, for supporting Mark and me, getting on the Patreon, going on social media and letting me know how you enjoyed the episodes. It It's something that you know I never take for granted and I appreciate more than anything so thank you for all of you investing your time in this podcast. It sounds like I'm about to quit, I'm not, don't worry and I'll be back on well, I'm not going to say when, but you know by now, within a week or two with something completely different and a brand new episode for you all. So until then, stay safe and thank you for listening and yeah, take care.
somebody to lean on Please swallow your pride If I If you need a friend